0: What a strong anointing of the Holy Ghost that's in this place. I'm drunk. I'm drunk. And just for clarification for the people that are new here, I'm not talking about, uh, well, I'm talking about wine, but I'm talking about new wine, talking about the wine of the Holy Ghost. It's strong here today. woo It's very strong here today. The Lord gave a prophetic word in the first service for this house, and He said, and I don't know that you can, I don't know if you should even try to repeat a prophecy. You can go watch it on Facebook later, but essentially, the the part that I remember, if I could just sober up here a little bit, is that this church has sown seeds around the world, and that you've seen a harvest overseas. But the law of the harvest is that wherever you sow the seed, there you'll see the harvest. So the Lord said, I'm going to give that international harvest right here where you sowed the seed. And he said, I'm not only giving you a new nation, but the Lord said, I'm going to use this church to touch a new continent. Okay, speak English Suarez. a new continent that you have yet to reach. And by doing so, I'm giving you a continent, but I'm giving you multiplied nations nations plural the reach of this church is going above and beyond where you ever thought above and beyond where you ever thought it was possible and god took you to the corner and molded you and shaped you and formed you and did something awesome that some parts of the country don't even know about but the spotlight of the lord is about to hit redemption for the nations it's about to come on this redemption to the nations it's about to come on This house in the country is about to see the redeeming work of God in Chattanooga. What you have done here is about to affect the nation, says the Lord. It's about to affect the nation. I'm going to get bold. You will steal the rainbow back from those that stole it in the first place. You will steal it back and you will raise it back up for what God intended it to be a message of covenant hope and love it will be known that this is a house where red and yellow black and white can assemble under the covenant of the banner of love and where everyone and everything is welcome and everyone and everything is transformed and everyone and everything is redeemed and made new by the spirit of the living God I really want to preach to you. I also kind of want to fall out right now. I also kind of want to speak in tongues right now. I'm trying to decide which one I'm going to do. I might do all three. (laughs) You know, we're not allowed to go to parties and get drunk and do the stuff we used to do. So if we're going to have fun, we might as well do it here. Might as well have fun in church. It is a strong anointing of the Holy Ghost that's in this place. It's wild. Woo, my goodness. Thank you, Jesus, for this pulpit that's tall enough that I can hold on to it today so I don't get embarrassed and fall all over the people. You can be seated in, this, in the presence of God while I decide what I'm going to do here today. Huh. <laughs> It's really strong. It's very strong. It is very strong here today. I like it. I like it. I have lived through three years of hell. Hell. I mean, like in the biblical and the non-biblical sense. I mean, like H.E. Double hockey stick stuff. It's. It wasn't fun what I had to live through. Wasn't fun the things that I had to go through. I woke up. I'll just talk to you, I guess, until I feel what I'm supposed to do here. March the 3rd, 2015, I come back from speaking at an event, still have my luggage in the car, my wife drops me off at a business meeting I have to go to, bag is still in the car, I step in the business meeting, and my phone starts ringing, and it's my brother calling to let me know that my father had passed away unexpectedly, didn't even get to say goodbye to him, my bag is packed, I jump in the car, I go to Chicago, I have to bury my dad, I have to explain to my three kids that their grandpa had passed away, and we're Weren't even able to say goodbye to him. He was a general. He was a mighty, mighty man of God. I want to honor my father today. He was a mighty man of God, of Colombian descent, immigrated to the United States in 1979 pastored one of the very first spanish-speaking pentecostal churches in the in the city of chicago one church turned into 28 churches one minister turned into 45 pastors we opened churches in guatemala in colombia in mexico and in one other country that i can't remember right now because i'm still drunk god did mighty things in that man's life he was a man of holiness consecration and the things of god He'd walk into my room and see a poster of the Chicago Bulls. And he'd say, "What is the starting roster of the Chicago Bulls? And I'd say, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Horace Graham, Bill Cartwright, John Paxson, Steve Curtis. And he'd say, who are the 12 disciples? And I'd say, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And he'd say, you take that poster down until you know the 12 disciples. And then after I learned the 12 disciples, we had to learn the fruit of the Spirit. And we had to learn the gifts of the Spirit. We had to learn the dispensations. And we had to learn the 12 tribes of Israel. And you had to know the New Testament books. And you had to know the Old Testament books. You had to say all of that by memory. And then to be used in the church whether you were an usher or a nursery wherever you were you'd read the entire bible from genesis to revelation every year and they kept track you had every month you had to turn in your report card of how many books and there in the lobby of the church there was these big poster boards with the names of every member of the church and they put a sticker by every book of the Bible that you had read, and at the end of the at the end of the year, if you finished the Bible, you got a trophy, and if you didn't finish the Bible, you were put on discipline. You were benched uh, for a few months until you got right with God. It was amazing how in December everybody would read like sixty three books of the Bible. Like <laughs> January to November, you would read like Third John and the Book of Jude. Maybe maybe you might read another one of the small ones, but man, in December people speed read through everything. And that great man of God passed away. It was very difficult for me. I went into a time of depression. I went into a time of sadness, losing my father, not being able to say goodbye to him. And my wife valiantly stood by my side as I... Pastored a church in Virginia, started a church, did crazy things in the name of revival, sold three houses in the name of Jesus for revival, didn't take paychecks, did this, did that, all in the name of revival. Never complained about it. She was a wonderful, wonderful woman of the Lord who never complained about the price of revival. And and the Lord got a hold of me, got a hold of me about a year before the story I'm about to tell you. And he said, he said, you, you got, you have things, you got your your priorities out of whack, and he gave me a vision. He showed me Calvary, and, and I looked at. He said, "What do you see?" I said, "Well, I see soldiers." I, he said, "Look closer to the foot of the cross. What do you see?" And I said, "Well, I see your mom. I see your brother." He said, "What does it represent?" I said, "Well, I guess it's your family." And he said, "Precisely." He said, "I fed the multitude, and I preached to thousands, and I healed hundred, hundreds. But in my moment of pain and anguish, the only people that stood by me were my family." And he said, "You're traveling the world, and you're building a church." He said, but the most important thing you have is your family. And he said, you need to get your priorities in check. So I started repenting, and I said, God, forgive me for sacrificing my family on the altar of revival. And he rebuked me, and he said, it's not the altar of revival. It's the altar of ambition cloaked in revival. He said, you do good things. He said, you have good motives, and you do a lot of things in my name. But I didn't tell you to do that. I didn't tell you to do that. I didn't tell, I didn't tell you. There's a, there's a price to pay for, for revival, but it's not your family. It's not your marriage. It's not your children. It's not that God didn't call God told you to honor that covenant, and God had to get a hold of me and thank God He did, because 15 months after my father passed away, I talked to my wife and said, "We're going you you followed my dream. Now we're gonna help your dream. You're gonna record. I'm gonna I'm, we're gonna make sure we got and we got her album done February the 15th, 2016. The album's done. We went to Ruth's Chris to celebrate that we had finished the album. We're having a wonderful dinner. I go to Orange County, preach a a, a healing revival for for a denomination there. Hundreds of people are healed. I feel tall for the first time in my life. Not not like Kevin Wallace tall, but like kind of tall. This felt kind of tall. I'm feeling good. My wife calls me that night. She says, I have a horrible migraine. I'm on my way to the ER. I said, stop the car. She said, why? I said, because I'm going to pray the prayer of faith. uh, In the name of Jesus. And she said, thanks. So listen, I'm going to be at the ER. Uh, don't call for a little bit. And they sent her home. And the next morning, she tried to get out of bed, and she fell. And my 10-year-old son had to call the ambulance. Her legs stopped working. And so I raced home from Orange County. I meet her at the hospital. I put, a, I put I made a scene at the hospital. I said, we're not leaving without an answer. I said, you're just having a really bad Charlie horse. I said, that. I, I won't say what I said because I've had communion like 17 times since then to forget what I said, but I said it. And then, so anyhow, power of communion. Anyways, okay. <laughs> Let me preach. Okay, so I, I have the communion. No, I, I don't remember what. Okay, I come home. We're asked for answers. The answer is what we never expected. The answer was, sir, your wife has leukemia and she has two weeks to live. And I've just buried my father. And now I got to go explain to my kids that their mother is at the brink of death. No symptoms, no signs, no nothing. What do you do, church? What do you do when things don't go right? Because I know how we act when we win. I know how we praise when everything goes right. But what do you do when you lose? What do you do when the report isn't what you were expecting? The, the pastor's been talking about condemnation this morning I, I, let, let me let me press in a little further what do you do when you mess up what what do you do, what do you do when others treat you wrong or abuse you or abuse of you or steal from you things that are what do you do when things go wrong Because I'm in a place where I just saw hundreds of people healed and now my wife is passing away. She's only 33 years old. We have three children at home that at that point are 10 years old, 9 years old, and 5 years old. What do you do when you get that report? I'll tell you what I did. I looked up and I said, where are you? because I saw you in California. I saw you in some, but I don't see you in the situation I'm in right now. I don't feel you, I don't sense you, I don't hear you. It's now two in the morning, and my pastor, my apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, and evangelist, Samuel Rodriguez, one of the greatest men of God that I've ever met in my life. Everything I'm doing in in ministry today is because of God through Pastor Sam, because he took a chance on me, and I'll honor him even though he's not here right now. By the way, he wrote an incredible book, book called Shake Free that you ought to go buy. Today, not right now, I'm preaching, but after (laughs) two in the morning, Pastor Sam calls me, and he said, you just said you don't see God. He said, open your Bible and tell me in the Bible where it says that the three Hebrew children saw the fourth man in the fiery furnace. And so I looked, and he said, you're taking too long. He said, it's not there. The Bible doesn't say that the three Hebrew children saw the fourth man in the fiery furnace. Nebuchadnezzar saw the fourth man in the fiery furnace. And he said, just because you can't see God does not negate the fact that God is standing there with you and standing with your family and standing with your wife. I'm prophesying to some Shadrachs, Meshachs, and Abednegoes that are in this room. You're in a fiery furnace. You're going through hell and high water. And you said this week, I don't see God. I don't sense God. But that does not negate the fact that God is with you and he is assumed and a present help. John chapter nine says that there was a young man that was born blind, and Jesus said he was born that way so that the works of God might be manifest in his life. The Bible says that Jesus saw the blind man. It does, not say, it does not say that the blind man saw Jesus because if the blind man had to see Jesus to be healed, the blind man would still be he would still be blind. But the blind man didn't have to see Jesus because Jesus saw him. And I want to thank God for just a moment right now for every moment and for every time in my life where I didn't see you I didn't sense you, I didn't hear you, but you saw me and you called my name and you spoke a word to me. I'm here today as a living testimony that his eye is on the sparrow, that I'm never too far, that he can't reach me and though my eyes cannot see him, he sees me. There's a song in Spanish that says aunque mis ojos no lo pueden ver, yo sé que tú estás aquí. Even though my my eyes cannot see you I know that you are here since this service began I can't tell you that I saw Jesus but I know that he's here because I feel the shalom I feel the peace I feel the joy of the Lord in this room and we embarked in the greatest struggle of our life You don't know what it's like to have to tell little kids that your mom might not come home. You don't know what it's like to have to explain to them that we preach healing, we preach faith, we preach deliverance, we preach resurrection. But right now we're living in a situation that doesn't really look like the things that we preach, but we're going to have faith we're going to do it anyways in fact we preached it so much we're going to turn cameras on and we're going to be really public about this and we're going to have a public miracle because we're going to show the world that we don't just dance when things go right we dance even when things go wrong because our dance is not based on circumstance but it's based upon the goodness the mercy and the majesty of our king our lord and our savior the lord Jesus Christ let me ask you before I continue when is the last time you praise God and it wasn't for a house it wasn't for jewelry it wasn't for a car it wasn't for a boo it wasn't for a bay it wasn't for a paycheck when is the last time you praise God and it had nothing to do with you and it had everything to do with him when is the last time that you gave God a no strings attached praise where you say whether I live or die I come to say bless Blessed be the name of the Lord. Whether things work out or they don't, I love you. Whether you change the situation or not, blessed be the holy name of the living God of Israel. I did not come to praise you for what you're going to do. I came to praise you because of who you are. Lift your heads and give God praise in this house. I was preaching in Singapore last year, and one of the, a bishop of one of the underground churches in China was visiting, and he, on his cell phone, he showed me videos of the underground church in China. And I watched as these Chinese people are, st- are sitting there trembling like this, worshiping God in a whisper. They can't speak any louder because of government persecution. They can't do any more. So they just sit there and they shake in silence under the power of the Holy Ghost and the anointing that is on them because they can't do anything else. It was one of the most authentic expressions and one of the most powerful expressions of praise that I have ever seen because you and I have the liberty to shout, to run, to dance, to hoop and holler yet we only do it when we feel good. We only do it when it's our song. We only do it when things line up. We only do it when we win but these people are under persecution yet they cannot stand but tremble under the presence of God God gave me a prophetic word in the month of January I released it at the Rock Church that North Korea was going to open up and when we get into North Korea we are gonna find a remnant church that did not succumb to communism they did not succumb to oppression but they have trembled under the presence of God and they're not complaining about their persecution they're saying I count it all worthy for God I said God I need you I don't sense you I don't feel you but I need you in my family I need you with my children and we began believing for a miracle we started confessing a miracle we wrote the promises of God I I don't have time to get into all the details we don't have enough time we don't have enough time because we have got to minister we would okay we wrote the promises that were for my wife And we put them on this wall so that when she's laying in the bed and the doctors would come in and they'd say, we have bad news. She'd hear the bad news, but it was filtered by the promises that were on the wall. And then we had promises that were for the doctor and we hung them behind Jessica so that when the doctor was talking, the doctor would talk, but the doctor would have to read the word of the Lord. Jessica woke up one morning, about five in the morning, and there was a nurse that was standing on the wall just kind of going like this, like it was the wailing wall in Jerusalem, and Jessica said, are you okay? And the lady said, Jessica, this is Jessica's testimony, she's not here to say it, but Jessica said, lady kind of just came like the way I've been preaching, just kind of like, you know, like just staggering over the bed, and she said, I was raised in Christianity, but I walked away from God. She said, but there's an energy, there's something in this room. She said, this is my first night taking care of you, but I felt something. She said, I just gave my life to God we're going through hell we're going through high water she's facing death but people are walking into her hospital room and they're getting healed and they're getting delivered and they're getting right with God and they're getting saved because the circumstance does not control the anointing the circumstance does the circumstance circumstance does not control the anointing I my God it is so strong in this house today (laughs) <laughs> we went through all kinds of situations. Went through all, t- it, it, it just, it, I don't, I don't have, I, I don't, I just, just not enough time. Just not enough time. In July, the doctor came and, and let me finish my statement before you shout. And it, she went through a transplant, went through all kinds of things. And the doctor said she was, and, and uh, please let me finish. The doctor said she was cancer free. He said, there's no trace of leukemia. There's no trace of cancer. He told my children, hold on though. He told my children, he told me to tell my kids that she's coming home. He was releasing her from the hospital early. Charisma did an article on Jessica. Steve Strang talked to the doctor. I got it on video. I got the letter. Cancer free. 90% uh, surviving, a survival, whatever. The, 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 it, we took her to MD Anderson in Houston. said it was the best transplant that surgeon had ever done. And we're at the appointment to get our release date from the hospital. And Jessica just got lightheaded and fell. She had no immune system because she had had a stem cell transplant. And 10 days later, 12 days later, she was in heaven. And I want you to know, I'm going to pray for the sick today while I tell you about my wife's death. What do you When the story doesn't go your way. What do you do. When you believed and you prayed. And you claimed. And it doesn't happen the way you thought it would. With every fiber in my being. With every ounce of. Whatever I have credibility. I assure you. God always answers prayer. Always. I cannot promise you that he'll always answer the prayer the way you want him to answer. In that time in the hospital, God took me to the book of 2 Samuel chapter 12. It's the only thing that helped, that sustained me. When David lost his son and the news comes to David, your child has died. And it's David's reaction that is the only reason I'm able to be here today and still preach. What do you do when things don't go your your way? Now, the legalistic old church would say, well, you got a spirit. There's something wrong with you. No, you're human. And it's normal to have bad days. Elijah called fire down from heaven. And that night, Jezebel said, I swear by the gods, I'm going to kill you. And he didn't bring any fire down from the mountain because she said, I'm going to kill him. And he said, oh, my God. And he ran. Proving that you can be anointed and have a little depression. Depression. He said, I'm the only one living for God. And now they're gonna kill me too. And I read that and I get encouraged because it lets me know I can serve the God and have a bad day. Things don't always work out. Some days you walk under the anointing of that old hymn that Sister Alicia Keys wrote. This girl is on fire. And then some days you walk into you just walk into your job and they say, Girl, you fired pack it up and go just go security walk her down the steps we'll mail you your paycheck go you wake up look in the mirror this is the day this is the day that the lord has come on shampoo come on condition. sing along with me i will be. you don't drink coffee you drink grape juice because you have communion some people have coffee and donuts you have a wafer and grape juice that's awesome you get in that car, you got Caleb singing, and you you just, you just, ah, and you know, the overwhelming, reckless, God. son, because someone cut you off, you'll go from a praise to a cuss. <laughs> Who am I preaching to? I don't want to look because I think they're going to get mad at me. Too. Are they looking at me still? Yeah, okay. I bring you glad tidings. That doesn't mean you have a demon. Time out. We don't condone cussing in this church. But it doesn't mean you got a demon. It means you're human. And it means like as humans, we have bad days. I lived through a bad year, two bad years. But in that hospital, God showed me the story. David has lost it all. And no one wants to tell David that the child is dead because they're fearful of what he's going to do. He has prayed and fasted and interceded for seven days. And what he has asked for has not come to pass. And they said, he will go crazy. David saw something was going on. He said, shoot it to me straight. They said, he's dead. The Bible says he was on the ground. And upon hearing the news of the death of the child, he did not complain. He did not get upset. He did not criticize. He picked himself up. And he washed himself off. This is an incredible drama team that we have here. They just, they didn't even know, but when they saw me lay down, they're like, dust. (laughs) Major kudos to the stage crew here. That was awesome. (laughs) In the next act, I want to have a million dollars. I promise, I'll give it right back. And then the Bible says, he begins to anoint himself. Now that sounds insignificant to some, but it really stood out to me because it let me know that David doesn't go through anything without making sure that there's oil close by. He makes sure that whatever he's going through, there's something to anoint himself with. Because when he was alone on a hillside, there was oil. When he was anointed the king of Judah, there was oil. When he was anointed the king of Israel, there was Judah, there there was oil. And now that he has lost his son, there is still oil oil that means that when he wins there's oil when he loses there's oil when no one knows who he is there's oil when he's on the palace throne there's oil and when he's losing there's still oil david lost a lot of things in his life at one point he lost a wife and he lost children and he lost the throne and he lost the kingdom and he lost this and he lost that but david never lost his oil david never lost his anointing david made sure that he might lose this and he might lose this but I I'm not going to lose the anointing i'm going to make sure that there's enough oil in my house that if the priest doesn't anoint me and the prophet doesn't anoint me and no one else prays for me and no one else encourages me and no one else prophesies to me and no one else lifts me up I'll make sure I can do it all by myself I'm gonna make sure there's enough oil in my house that if I have to anoint myself and pray myself through I'm going to make sure there's enough oil in my house David had created a mess for himself but they made sure he made sure there was still oil in his house David picked himself off David washed himself off David anointed himself and then the Bible says he went and began to praise God you watch David's life there's two things that he never loses he never loses his oil and he never loses his praise in good times and in bad times in riches and in poverty in sickness and in health with the kingdom without the kingdom in persecution and when he is persecuting it doesn't matter where he's going through he has a Praise on his lips and he has a hold of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And I was reading this when I was watching my wife pass away and I made sure we held on to two things in that room. We didn't let go of the oil that's on my family and we didn't let go of our praise. We sang when things were good. We were still singing when things went wrong. We were singing when she was hurting. We were singing when we thought we had a good report. We would go into a doctor's meeting and get a bad report and say, blessed be the name of of the Lord not based on the report but based on the goodness of the Lord we made it an effort we made a conscious effort that our children would see us bless the name of the Lord at all times not just when things were working out but when I had to get them together and I had to say guys and the doctor says mommy's not coming back they say that mommy's probably not going to live till tomorrow I said but guys you're, you're, we're going to pray right now repeat after me say I love you I don't understand you but I love you I said say it Cole say it Michael, say it Zach you say that's a weird praise no it's an authentic praise I don't always understand him but I love him (laughs) hours before she died you put that first picture on the screen hours before she died that's the last picture I show of my wife my people when I mean my people I'm talking about Pentecostals and when I say my people I'm talking about Latinos both of them show up at that hospital with guitars I said we're gonna worship I said I don't know what they're gonna say they said it's okay we're just gonna do it and they come in the room and they start singing at this point Jessica could no longer speak she could just give us hand signals and I got close to Jessica I said Jessica Do you want them to keep singing? That meant yes. I said, Jessica, are you, I asked her a second time, are you really sure you want them to keep singing? She raised her thumb a second time. I said, honey, I need to really make sure. The third time she raised it, she kind of wagged it at me. I think it was our last argument. She's like, look, I'm kind of going through something, and I've already said yes three times. That is my wife's, that's the final picture I show of my wife. This is the last thing she did. This is the last thing she did before she gave up her spirit to heaven. This is the last thing she did. Her final act on the earth was to lift the thumb and give God her final praise. So under that authority, I ask you today, what did you say is going through your life Causes you not to be able to praise God What did you say was going to cause you to not be well when it changed if my wife can praise God Hours before death and give her her final praise there. uh, Forgive me There's just not one excuse in this room to not honor God according to his excellent greatness (laughs) The next photo I Had to tell my kids those are my boys I had to tell him, mommy's not coming back. And that one over there, Cole, he said, I want to talk to mommy. He went in that room. And he said, Mommy, I don't, I don't want you to be here. I want you to come home. But I don't want you to have cancer. And they say that there's no cancer in heaven. So if you have to go to heaven, that's okay, mommy. Because I don't want you to hurt anymore. He said, I'm gonna make you proud. I'm gonna live for God. I'm gonna obey my dad. He doesn't remember that he said it, but he said it. (laughs) (sighs) He said, mommy, I'm sorry. I'm sorry because I know you wanted to see me get baptized and I never did it, 11 years old. I'm sorry, you never saw me get baptized, Mom. He said, but if Dad gives me permission, I'm gonna be baptized at your funeral. And he got his sister and he got his little brother. He's a baseball player but for one moment he's a little Pentecostal evangelist he said i'm getting baptized and you need to get baptized and you need to get baptized and you need the holy ghost and you really need the holy ghost next video there will be no sound to it but at my wife's funeral upon the confession of their faith and obedience to the word of god i baptized all three of my babies In that precious name for the remission of their sins, in the presence of God and symbolically in the presence of their mother. And that sounds fanatic to some, but look at the prophetic symbolism of what happened. On that day, I buried my wife in the ground and I buried my children in the waters of baptism. There was death, there was life, there was sickness, there was healing, there was mourning. But there was joy. And my six-year-old came out of the water trembling. He'd never done that, just trembling. And Cole was at the top of the baptistry and he said, Zach, say Jesus! And Zachary said, Jesus, 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 until Jesus, Jesus, Jesus turned into <laughs> my six year old was baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Holy Ghost gave him the utterance, the comforter, the spirit of the comforter invaded my wife's funeral. And I'm still standing here today by the grace of God. You say, How? Because when we lost it all, we decided we're not going to stay on the ground. Did it hurt? Yes. Do we still cry? Yes. Sometimes we do, but we made an effort. We said, we're going to come out of the situation and we're going to wipe off the spirit of weariness. We're going to wipe off depression and grief and sadness. We're going to believe that God is greater even when we don't understand him. And then I did something that I won't do it today. But back in the eighties, when they prayed you through to the Holy Ghost, it was a full palm on the forehead and they shake it into you. And so I, we won't do that today, but I got, I got alone in that hospital and I laid hands on myself and I said, God, I want to thank you that November the 24th, 1988 in an altar in Chicago, Illinois, you baptized me in the Holy Ghost. I said, now God, in the name of Jesus, I anoint myself. I pray the oil is on me. The oil is on my children. The oil will not depart. What was I doing? I was anointing myself. I was anointing my children. I said the oil will not depart coal. The oil will not depart Michael. The oil will not depart Zachary. Jessica's voice is died but her songs will not die because her children will sing praises unto the same God I've lost a lot of stuff but I haven't lost my oil we had to lose a lot but this is too valuable This is too precious. Your salvation costs the blood of the Son of God. It's too much to just let it go because life happened. The enemy tried to take this from me. He tried to take the ministry from me. TBN called and asked us to do a healing crusade in Orlando with our friend Jonathan Miller. My kids were with me. I didn't know what they were going to think. And I'm, I'm closing with this. I'm done. At that Holy Ghost crusade, no, uh, whatever kind of crusade it was, healing crusade, I was praying for the sick. I found my three kids on the other side, hands stretched out. They were praying for the sick. We got in the car. I said, how did you do that? How did you have the faith to do that? And Cole looked at me. And he said, I don't want anybody to ever feel what we felt. He said, huh? He said, I don't want anybody to ever feel the pain that we felt. So I'll pray for the sick with you, Dad. Satan messed with the wrong family. Because it used to be one of us that prayed for the sick. Now there's four of us that lay hands on the sick four times greater anointing four times the amount of miracles four times the amount of healing and that's just in my generation but my children's children and my children's children's children and yea, even those that are far off are coming under the same anointing because we lost some things but we did not lose our oil we did not lose our praise we did not lose our authority in the spirit and I come as a living sacrifice and a living witness of God to tell you today I don't know what you have lost but don't you let go of the anointing of the Holy Ghost you hold on to this you fight for this I know life has been hard I know that you're still crying at night but don't let go of this because there's nothing more valuable than the anointing stand with me in this room one of her surgeons came and asked me how do you have faith in God? He said, I'm not being disrespectful. I just want to understand. How do you have faith in God? Well, you just took your wife. I wasn't ready to give a theological dissertation. Right, so I said, we just trust. I got by the elevator, and I felt God speak to me. And I came back. I said, Doctor, here's the deal. We're stewards. He said, huh? So we're stewards of every good and perfect gift from the Father above. Nothing's really ours. It's just what he gives us. I said, before she was my wife, before she was their mother, before she was their daughter, before she was her sister, she belonged to him. And he gave us a gift. But as freely as we have received, freely we must give her back. Because it's the genesis of the gospel message that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son not so that the world would hold the sun in that current state but so that the purpose and the plan of God could be fulfilled and as soon as it was Jesus went up but because Jesus went up the Holy Ghost see anytime you can release blessing comes down the hardest thing in my life was to release Jessica to heaven but my children will walk under blessing my children will walk under abundance My children will never face premature death. My children will walk under the anointing of the Holy Ghost and the prophecy will be fulfilled that was on her life. God has taken her story around the world because we didn't lose the oil. We didn't lose the oil. If you saw my kids, just three weeks ago, we were at the Rock Church in Virginia Beach and somebody got up to testify and they said they had been healed of AML leukemia. That's the kind of leukemia Jessica had, and and you know I'm I'm a a practical prophet. Like I I, I can go like I like I like the okay. I mean not, I don't want to scare you, but like I you know like I I like okay. But sometimes I can also be like, man. and so I I got a little nervous. I'm thinking, oh God, this is gonna. What are my kids gonna think? That's the same cancer their mom died of. And my daughter, I watched her. She turned around and looked at me. She clapped her hands like a little girl. She goes, Daddy, did you hear that? I said, what? She said, that's the cancer mommy had. I said, yeah. I thought I was going to have to console her. She said, but she got healed. She was able to rejoice for something she did not personally receive. You know what that let me know? There's still oil in my house. (laughs) There's still oil in my house. I don't know what your pain is. I don't know what your suffering has been. I don't know what you have lived through. I can tell you that he is still a healer. I'm a little teary-eyed today, but I I want you to know I don't walk under depression. I walk under victory. Rodney Howard Brown called me in in January, and he said, you are to claim a harvest against hell what he did to your family not the death of Jessica it's appointed once in the man to die but for the attacks of depression and grief and sorrow and anguish for the attack and the attempt to try to steal the anointing from us and kill the ministry he said you claim a harvest against hell now you're going to think I'm crazy but I'm going to tell you what I did I said okay in Jesus name because of what you did to my family before Jesus comes or I see the grave I'm claiming a one million soul revival before I go to heaven That was in January from January till now I've seen the first 10,000 it's only been six months and I've seen the first 10,000 before I go to heaven I'm gonna get my harvest that hell owes me why? because we didn't let go of the oil I'm here to tell you under the authority of the Holy Ghost for everything you lived through for everything you had to fight and for everything that you came through tonight I give you permission to claim your harvest in the name of Jesus I, I give you permission to claim your marriage restored and your children saved and your health back, and your joy back, and your praise back. I give you permission tonight to get wild and to prophesy the goodness of the Lord. I know, I, I know, I know. You say it's going to sound crazy. You just told us a sad story, and now you're going to pray for the sick. Yeah, because it's sorrowful that she died, but she didn't die in defeat. She died praising the Lord. She died, and her children were baptized. She died, and we haven't stopped singing, and we haven't stopped prophesying. She died, but she touching more people in her death than she did in her life and now i can boldly proclaim death where is thy sting grave where is thy victory god has been good to me god has been good to my family blessed be the name of the lord hallelujah I can say like Job, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh, but blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Give him a shout of praise. When I was in Chicago and the level of the anointing got to where it is about right now, my dad who was a crazy Pentecostal take his sport coat off start going like this in church and it used to get me embarrassed I'm like dad we got visitors out there we got VHS out there dad you're embarrassing I said what are you doing he said have you ever been to the airport when the airplane is landing and the guy's standing on the tarmac and he's showing the airplane where it's supposed to land he said he said I'm just letting the Holy Ghost know where it's to send the next blessing and where it's to send the next healing Father in the name of Jesus God, let it come on redemption to the nation. Let it come on this house. Let it come on this house. Let it come on this house. On this ha- if you need a miracle, run to this altar right now. Because the Spirit of the living God is in this house. If you need a miracle, flood this altar. I'm going to do it my way in just a second. Hold on. Fire on your life. Okay. When the anointing comes on you, it's very hard to contain. You just have to give it out. Okay. I'm going to do it my way because I feel at home. I'm going to pray the prayer of faith over you. When I finish this prayer, And I shout the word now I want you to release a shout a shout of praise because your praise is a magnet that brings down the bible says he inhabits the praises of his people the fullness of the Godhead invades and inhabits your praise and when the fullness of the Godhead comes every benefit attribute and blessing of the Godhead comes with it so when I shout the word now You're gonna release a shout of praise, and if I were you, I wouldn't stop praising until I caught what I came here to catch today. Musicians get ready, singers get ready. When I shout now, you let it rip. I'm waiting on a few more people that need to come. If you need a miracle, you need healing, you need to come right now, come right now. I'll wait about 15 more seconds. If you haven't come yet, come quickly, come quickly ministry team as soon as I shout that word now you lay hands under the Holy Ghost you watch how this anointing is gonna hit boys here? Both of them? Can I borrow your boys? Or at least one of them? I'm a a PK. I'm a preacher's kid. I know it's like to grow up in a preacher's family. My grandfather was a preacher. My grandmother was a preacher. My mother was a preacher. My father was a preacher. I didn't go to Bible college. I just went to dinner because dinner was our Bible college. I know what it's like to grow up under a mighty ministry like that of your fathers and to wonder, how can I fill those shoes? How can I fill that role? How can I do what he does when I am a different person? But I say unto thee that Zechariah had a son and his son had a different name. Now it was in that time that the son was supposed to take the name of the father but there was a prophecy that said you shall call his name John because though he is of the same lineage of the same levitical prestige and though he will still be used of me in a great and a mighty way it's a new anointing it is a fresh anointing it is a th- new thing that i will do in him and it will be different than what i did in my in his father and in his father's generation and i say to you and it is representative for not just you but of your siblings god anoint god's anointing that has been upon the generations of your family is alive and well in you and is upon you in a very strong and a mighty way but you no longer have to wrestle about how will i fill shoes How will I fill the void? How will I live up to what he is? For the Lord says, I call your name John. I say, I will do a new thing in your life. I will take you to a place and I will do a new thing with you. I will use you in ways that I did not use your father. You will minister in ways that your father did not minister, but it will be under the same anointing. It will be under the same banner of love and the same banner of compassion. So the Lord says, fret not about trying to be Kevin Wallace, for I will make you your own Wallace. I will make you your own person. I will give you your own identity, says the Lord. And not only will I lay it upon you, but yea, this generation, and your generation that follows you will have oil will have fire upon its life in Jesus mighty name I bless you in Jesus name who's the youth pastor of the church bring me the youth pastor student pastor oh Lord Jesus anoint this man Anoint this man to teach this generation about the oil. Anoint this man to teach this generation about the fire. Let him be practical. Let him be modern. Let him be relevant. But let him do it under the Holy Ghost fire and the Holy Ghost anointing. Father, when I put this bottle of oil in his hands, let him feel the weight of the anointing come upon him as he ministers to this generation in the name of Jesus. Sister Wallace, for you will not carry the ministry of deliverance alone, says the Lord, for I will send handmaidens to work by your side. I will send assistants, and I will send daughters to your side that will lift your hands like they have lifted the hands of your husband, and I will use you in a great way. But now, Sister Wallace, I say to you, the Lord shows me a door, and it is not just a closed door. It is an open door. I see airline signs on the other side. I see sky miles and airline miles on the other side, and the Lord says, I i'll cause you to walk through a door that you didn't want and you didn't ask for but the lord says the anointing is so strong i'll take you to the nations as well and i'll take you to churches as well and you'll walk through and when you walk through you will not have to worry about the local house because you will have raised up the deborahs you will have raised up the daughters that will continue the flow of deliverance ministry in this house says the lord If you need a miracle, raise your hands in the presence of God. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Is there another PK in this house not related to the Wallace? Another preacher's kid that's in this house that you want me... You you need, I mean, just, let's just be, let's just call it what it is, you you need me to pray for you. Another PK that's here. Okay, if you want it, you just come up forward. I mean, come on, we've been embarrassed our whole lives. We might as well do it one more time. This is what I feel the Lord tell me to tell these PKs. I have never done this publicly. I was kicked out of high school. I brought shame on my family because of stupid decisions that I made. I'd prefer you not put that in the recording, by the way. Got kicked out of high school three weeks before the end of my freshman year because I was an idiot. Brought shame on my family. Would go to sleep at night hearing my dad cry. Oh, God, take me, not Tony. Cars getting bricked. Bricks going through the windows of my house because I was hanging out with the wrong crowd. I knew how to hoop and holler and shakamoo on Sunday and know how to go mess up on Monday. I thought I lost it. I'm a living witness that he's so good and I feel very strong in my spirit to pray for you PK's today maybe it's not all of you but there's at least one he's not through with you the anointing that was on your parents the Levitical anointing is from generation to generation that's why you can't shake it off that's why you were at the bar trying to get drunk and you accidentally spoke in tongues That's why you got into a fight when you were hanging out with that gang and when your friend got hurt the first thing you were prone to do was to pray the prayer of faith over them. Because you can't shake it off. Because the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. He hasn't repented for anointing you. I'm going to pray for miracles in a minute. PKs, by the authority of the name of God. Father, stir up the gift that's inside of every single one of them right now. Stir up the gift! stir up the oil I pray over them and I speak over them. They are not embarrassments, they are not failures. I know this doesn't belong to everybody, but it belongs to a few of them. You are not failures, you are not embarrassments, and you will not die in failure. The Lord says, I resurrect the anointing, I stir up the gift that's inside of you. You will preach and prophesy and sing and administrate again. You will be mightily used by the hand of the Lord. God brought you, it was not by accident, it was not, it was not by accident. It was not because someone invited you and you're just here by coincidence. by divine incitement this is ordained of the holy ghost so that i could lay hands on you and the next time i do it you're gonna feel the fire just like you did when you were a little girl here it comes fire on your life right now in jesus name I know you had to see a lot of stuff growing up in church that wasn't always right but the Lord says do not let that cloud your vision of my goodness my mercy and my grace, the Lord says my hand is still on you, you will dream you will prophesy, you will sing you will minister, you will preach you will prophesy, the Lord says I I prayed for somebody this morning and said they were going to stop tossing and turning in bed at night but the Lord says to you, you will toss and turn under the anointing until you respond and you obey the anointing and you step back into your role in ministry the Lord says I put fire on you now you know sometimes you let go of something and, and you know I said it this morning I prophesied you know he, he sent the prophet back to hit the rock a second time you know I'm just feeling a little, a little bold today. I, I walked by you one time, but i I just felt like I gotta come hit this rock a second time right now, Lord Jesus. Because it's important that she knows that there's a second chance, yea, a third chance, and a fourth chance, and a fifth chance, and if I just reached out and touched her hand, it's symbolic and prophetic to let her know that God is still reaching for her because she has not gone too far from the reach of God. She has not gone to a place where God cannot reach her and pull her back in. So in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, I pull you back into the anointing. I pull you back into the fold I pull you back into the ministry and I say God is not done with you God is not done using you you will be mightily used of the Lord and yea, the Lord says I will use you to bring spiritual healing to abuse people that have been hurt by religion and legalism and bad doctrine and bad teaching and bad things not because I'm saying you sat under that but I'm just saying because you have the heart of God you hurt for people you know what pain is like you know what you know what it's like and because you understand pain you minister out of the ministry of compassion that's where Jesus ministered from he had compassion on people it's the greatest level of healing that you can give somebody you understand their pain you're touched by their infirmity they're touched by their pain and that's why God can mightily use you because he knows that when he uses you it's not for self gain but it's for the glory of Christ so I loose the anointing upon you today to set the captives free to lay hands on the sick and to watch them be delivered as the Holy Ghost comes on you in Jesus mighty name When you do this, you're, I'm, I don't know you. I'm just putting myself out there. I'm just, I'm just going with the flow. I'm just going with the flow. I'm going, I'm just, I'm obeying the Holy Ghost. Just obeying the Holy Ghost. Give me her hand. Jesus. Stir up the fire. Stir up the fire. Stir up the fire, oh God. He heals your spirit He heals your mind And He heals your body at the same time It's a threefold anointing that comes on you now (sighs) If I missed it And I was wrong So be it. But if it was right, then you'll know it was of the Holy Ghost. If you need a miracle in your body, I'm I'm not trying to be weird. Am I okay, Pastor? Okay. If you need your miracle, raise your hands. I'm going to pray for you now. When I shout the word now, you lift up a shout of praise in this house, and you watch how the anointing hits. PKs, if you really felt that fire, you ought to turn around and start laying hands on people, and I shout now. By the authority of the word of God, and by the power that's in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I take authority over infirmity, sickness, and disease. I cast out pain and infection. I I cast out the spirit of infirmity. And by the power of the blood of the Lamb, by the power that's in the name of Jesus, I command your body to be healed, to be restored, to be delivered now. on the sick and watch them recover! Your people, healing virtue come on your people, fire come on them and heal them and make them whole. Sing unto the Lord, He's flowing in this house. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There's an old song that says, There is none like you. No one else can touch a heart like you do. I could search for all eternity long. And find there is none like you. And there is none like you. No one else can touch, no one else can touch my heart like you do. I could search for all eternity long and find there is none like you I love you I love you I love you Lord today because you cared for me in such a special way that's why I praise you I lift you up and I magnify your name, That's why my heart is filled with praise. My heart, my mind, my soul belongs to you. You paid the price for me way back on Calvary. That's why I praise you and I lift you up and I magnify your name. That's why. My heart is filled with praise. Sing, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you, Lord, today because you cared for me in such a special way. That's why I praise you. I lift you up and I magnify your name why my heart is filled with praise cuz you are awesome in this place mighty God you are awesome in this place oh but father you are worthy of our praise to you our lives we raise you are awesome in this place Mighty God. Let me prove it to you. If you were healed or touched in this service, you just stretch your hand out real quick so people could see. Look at all those hands. Look around. Look at all those hands. Look at all those hands. Look at all those hands. hands. That's why we say, You are awesome in this place, mighty God. You are awesome in this place of a father. You are awesome in this place, mighty God. (sighs) There's no one like you, Jesus. There's no one like you, Jesus. No one like you, Jesus. There's no one like you. When we buried Jessica, we did it with a shout. We did it with a praise. You know what we sang? You know what we sang at her funeral? When I look back over my life and I think things over I can truly say that I've been blessed I've got a test Because when she was five, she was in a wheelchair, and they said she'd never walk. And an evangelist named Freddie Clark laid hands on her and she came out of a wheelchair. When we got married, they said we had a four percent chance of having children, and they said you probably never would. We had one, we had two, we had three. So though her life ended early, her life was a testimony, and that's why we could say, When I look back over my life, and I think things over. I can truly say that I've been blessed. I got a test to Now, I want you to think not just about what you're going through, but what you came through, what He healed you from, what He delivered you from. And now I want you to give God a prayer. Because look, here's the fact. If, it, if that last storm was going to kill you, you wouldn't survive. But look at where you are today. That lets me know that He's not done with He's not done with you. He's not done with... Pastor, I'm gonna turn it to him. You know what, this is, this is sound a little cocky. But you know what I told my kids? It dawned on me. Cause we told, I'm like, you gotta trust God. We gotta trust God. And then one day it dawned on me. I said, you know what guys? God trusts us. And they said, huh? I said, he trusts me to do your laundry. He trust me to get you on the bus. He trusted me that I could raise the three of you and He trusted the three of you to be able to raise me. God trusted us with the hell that we lived through because He knew that we can make it through the storm and I come. Here's the last prophecy. God trusts you. He trusts you. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. He trusts you. He trusts you. He trusts you. He trusts you with the oil. He trusts you with the prayer. Give God a shot of prayer.
1: Give him a shot of praise. I want you to do two things. First, Kyle, come here. Kyle, come stand right here, please. Is it tomorrow, you and Marion? Come here, Mary. When do you leave for Guatemala? Tuesday. Taking a film crew, going to help kids, all these precious people that have been harmed and affected by this volcano. <laughs> And the Lord's opening doors and you're going to go places very few people have gotten to go. First of all, I want you to go home and get on Facebook and look at their video, Far Flung Tin Can. Watch it and then share it 17 times. Hallelujah. We need to make sure they have the resources they need to get to Guatemala. They're going to get there, but we want to make sure we can help take care of all these kids. I just read an article yesterday that a baby was found in all of the ash, alive. It was was almost a brand new baby, a newborn baby, and it was found alive in the ash. It was a miracle. Missionaries found the child. You're leaving on Tuesday. I want Pastor Tony to pray for you. This house wants to pray for you. You're a part of this church family, and what God is using you to do in the nations of the earth is amazing. You're gonna find, you're going to find survivors others have forgotten about. They're still alive. And God's going to give you the grace to find them. And they're going to be people who have been forgotten and God's going to send you with grace to let them know, not only do we know where they are, but more importantly, we come as ambassadors of God to let them know that God knows where they are. Hallelujah. Pastor Tony, would you pray for him? Hallelujah. My
0: family was saved in 1952 because a missionary from england went to columbia preached the gospel to my grandfather i would not be here if it was not for a missionary so father in the same way use them mightily that a new generation of abrahams would be saved so that there could be isaacs and jacobs father let the mighty anointing of the holy ghost come upon them and when i lay hands on them let the fire come on them let abundance come on them use them in a
1: mighty Yeah, come on, give God praise. God out of my sight. Woo! All right. Come on, worshipers. Put a praise on it. Hallelujah. I want everyone that can to get an offering in your hand right now. How many thank God for what the Lord has released, spoken, and demonstrated? Come on, how many thank God for it today? If you give in the offering receiver, you can do that. They're bringing those out. You can give through your app, give to offering. If you're given by text, you can give offering to text. I want to bless this man of God today. I sense a great grace and powerful anointing on his life. How many received from that today? I said, how many received from that today? From the anointing which you've received from, the Bible is clear we should give back too. I want him to leave Chattanooga blessed and I want you to give today to whatever God is telling you to give. I want you to give. We blessed him in first service. We're going to bless him in this service. Hold your offering up right now. Father, come on, hold your offering up right now. If you're giving by text, you can hold your phone up. However you're giving. I want to bless this man of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you have trusted this house to send this man of God this way today. He has sown in spiritual things. And now your word says that we should minister unto him in natural things. So we give to him today, Father God, knowing that... You are sending him from place to place to stir up this act and move of revival. We praise you, God, for what you've done in this place today and that it will continue and increase. And Father, we pray for Pastor Tony and his beautiful children that a multiplied peace and strength, a multiplied grace and fresh anointing be upon his house, his children, his life and the ministry Bless him in the mighty name of Jesus. I said bless him in the mighty name of Jesus. And Father, we declare him to be blessed in Jesus' name. And everybody shouted amen. Come on, let's come and give today. Give generously today. May the Lord bless you as you give today. Hallelujah.